0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
1: Okay, we turn now to your health. And most of us know that medications, whether they're prescription or over-the-counter, can interact with each other. But how familiar are you with the ways your prescription and over-the-counter drugs can interact with common foods and beverages, or with a so-called natural product. Uh, Knowing about the possible interactions with food and drink is important. It'll help you know how to take your medications, when to take your medications. So if you have questions about this or any other pharmacy questions, uh, we are here with our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We have Jaspreet Dhaliwal here. Hi, Jaspreet. (laughs) Hi. Let me just give the numbers out again before we get into this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Jaspreet, what are some of the most common interactions with food?
2: Um, Okay, well, first of all, I want to start off by saying that whoever's For the listeners out there, don't make any drastic changes to what you eat or anything like that if you've been maintained on a medication. I usually find when um, people hear about um, how things will interact with their medications, they want to make sudden changes, but no sudden changes. So um, the most common types of interactions um, that you'll find are... So there could be stuff related to the actual absorption of the medication in your body. So because we take a lot of medications by mouth and we eat our food goes into the same system so you have actual physical impediments like if you eat at the same time with certain types of medications or sometimes certain medications will increase the absorption of certain medications that'll cause most, more side effects so those are you know those are actually time related sometimes you know if you take Another example would be fiber or something like Tums. When you take it with other medications, it's very binding. It'll stick to it. Um, And then you can't absorb those other medications into the body at the same time. So it's just a spacing thing. The other types of interactions sometimes we'll we'll see are really to do with physiology and what the food does in the body and that will interact with the medication itself so for example you have things like grapefruit juice now that's a very common one (laughs) and orange juice uh well not uh orange juice per se but uh, they say seville oranges i think is the closest um but grapefruit juice in particular um seems to cause it it basically affects enzymes in our liver that will that affect the way drugs work in our body so in certain cases it'll increase the side effects of other medications in our body while we're taking grapefruit juice sometimes it just leads to an increase in absorption of the medication we're taking which can increase side effects and we've even found that sometimes it decreases the effect of certain medications so that for sure is one of the more common ones that's probably one of the more common stickers that we put on the vials for sure is the grapefruit one um, can you tell us uh, what medications it usually interacts with so, There's a whole bunch. The Mm -hmm. (laughs) grapefruit has a whole bunch. The most common ones are like your cholesterol medications. We call them statins. Um, So things like Lipitor. That's it's very, very, very commonly used. Um, There's also certain blood pressure medications that have interaction with grapefruit. Um, There's a whole slew of them actually with grapefruit. So um, the best thing would be to do is to ask your pharmacist if there is an interaction with it. And like I said before, if you've been taking, if you've been taking a medication and have been maintained and using grapefruit juice this whole time, um, then talk to your pharmacist before you consider stopping because your body might might be leveled off now might be maintained at those levels
1: mm-hmm. well you're saying you can ask a pharmacist people can yep. ask you you're here today yep. <laughs> and and ready to take questions uh so again the numbers 416-360-0740 toll free 1-866-744-740 our topic of the day is the interaction of medications whether they're over the counter or prescription with food and beverages. We've brought up uh, the grapefruit juice issue. That's common. Most people have heard of that. But what are some of the less well-known ones?
2: Um, um, So um, salt substitutes. That's uh, because uh, we, we do see a lot of, in blood pressure, patients, people with hypertension and whatnot, um, they look for salt alternatives, but those are high in potassium. Um, So those can, if you're taking certain medications that increase potassium levels in the body, then we see that as a problem. Um, And
1: what would those meds be?
2: Um, this, oh, so there's ACE inhibitors. It's what it's, those are blood pressure medications. Um, that's the most common one. But anything that certainly increases potassium levels, your pharmacist will generally tell you that this is going to increase your potassium level in the body. So stay away from foods that are high in potassium. Okay. And, salt, and people don't know salt substitutes are high in potassium. Salt
1: substitutes, uh, bananas are high in it's, potassium. Yeah,
2: yeah but you'll find it interesting because sometimes what medications can do is actually deplete Uh, certain nutrients from our body so that's another type of interaction is that it removes nutrients from our body so commonly diuretics for example certain diuretics which are other another type of medication used to treat hypertension or decrease the amount of fluid you have in your body that'll take out a lot of um, essential elements from your body so we'll say Eat like a banana. Well, you take in more potassium. So it's very specific to the patient, I find, um, depending on the medications that they're taking.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so what about the medications that just say, don't take with food and drink, don't take uh, – when they say that – you know, what does it mean in terms of the time? Does it mean 10 minutes or does it mean two hours? It
2: typically means two hours. So that is usually due to an absorption issue. Like the stomach needs to be completely empty for that medication to be absorbed well. So you'll kind of, you'll see it commonly, you'll see that and you'll see milk commonly, dairy products, don't have any dairy products at the same time. Because again, it just binds to the molecules and it just they just don't get absorbed into the body um and really what we say is um either an hour before or two hours after so we like to have that gap there there's certainly medications where we say two hours on either either side two to four hours on either side of taking the medication as well you might get a little bit of a diet <laughs> that you, <laughs> from that you med- weren't counting <laughs> yeah. on <laughs> yeah no for sure um the other thing is also um but people don't Consider that we drink all the time alcohol yeah. is, um, can cause a lot of interactions with our medications as well. So that's something to be careful of as, um, of as well because it can interact with acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. And a lot mm. of people take Tylenol commonly over the counter.
1: Because, because uh, that's hard on your liver.
2: That would be both, yeah. So they're hard on your liver. So alcohol can affect in a few different ways. So if you're taking something that uh, makes you really sleepy or dizzy, so it will potentiate that, it'll increase that side effect. So you'll feel more tired and more dizzy. Um, certainly find with even some cough suppressants. If you take... Um, um, these kinds of medications and alcohol together that you might find problems with that. Um, Also, if you're diabetic, it can decrease your sugar levels. Alcohol can. Um, With certain medications that are called NSAIDs, which is um, anti-inflammatories like your Advils and stuff like that, it has an effect of depleting the protective layers of our stomach, so you're at higher risk for ulcers and stuff like that. So lots of interactions with alcohol, for sure. Um, but. Again,
1: when it says don't take with alcohol, what does that mean? Uh, an hour before, an hour after, more, what is it?
2: My rule of thumb when I'm counseling patients on um, alcohol use um, is if it's, t- it's typically you'll find that we'll stick the sticker on, um, for example, for s- things like um, painkillers and stuff like that, because it'll increase the grogginess that you're going to feel. It's that factor. So I usually say as long as you're on it, I wouldn't drink any alcohol. Um, then we have certain medications that if you take alcohol at the same time, you'll have, like, a serious type of reaction. Like, you just won't feel good. And um, it's for a few medications, certainly anti—there's um, an antifungal and an antibiotic where you see that happens. It's called the disulfiram reaction. It's rare, but you're—that, you'll see the sticker attached to the label. You'll see the, the pharmacist will definitely talk to you about that that interaction, That specifically. Um, but, yeah, usually I say not the same time frame not the same day at least while you're taking the medications while you're taking alcohol while you're on the painkillers
1: okay and with the antibiotics for the whole course of the antibiotics
2: so there's two schools of thought Uh, when it comes to antibiotics and alcohol i'm of the school of thought that um so specific antibiotics yes that you'll get that reaction that's metronidazole Um, if you take that absolutely cannot have any alcohol and you'll see that sticker attached to the vial um but then there's the general theories like if i'm taking an antibiotic in general like let's just say for a cough or cold can i have alcohol at the same time and that that doesn't really have to do with um, in an interaction with a medication that's just like this is just physiology and so some schools of thought say it's fine to drink alcohol with your antibiotics, um, there's others that say that, well, it, you're, the whole point of taking an antibiotic is to help your immune system fight the infection. And your immune system's not doing its best if you're drinking alcohol. So two schools of thought. I usually stay on the cautious side when I'm counseling my patients, but definitely you'll see both pharmacists say both.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Right back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with
1: our trusted contributor, Jaspreet Dhaliwal from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. She is here to take your calls and your questions, and we're going right to the phones. We have Mary in Etobicoke. Hi, Mary. Mary? Hello? Hello? Hello, Mary. You're on the air. We're listening. Oh, yes. Thank
2: you very much. I'm calling regarding a question about prescriptions. Um, okay. The doctor often gives me a prescription for 250 to 300 pills, and the pharmacies
3: will only sell you 100 pills, and then you have to pay two, two more
2: prescriptions if you have 300. Like, you have to pay for the first 100, then the second 100, and then the, three, the third the at the third 100. And um, so, therefore, they charge you the pharmacy fee three times. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, are you familiar with that? Hi, yeah, Mary. Um, yeah. So, um, do you have um, private insurance, Mary, or do uh, you? I have had in the past. I don't okay. at the present time. No, you don't have. Um, okay. That's, that's not this, this. This question doesn't isn't affected by whether you have medical or not medical. Uh, so in certain cases, when you do have insurance, they will cut back to a three-month supply. Um, and then for certain medications, like all, all stores, all pharmacies kind of have their own policies about um, how much they charge for a greater than a hundred-day supply. So I'm you can. Sur- I can't hear you too well. Sorry, I said that um, there are. Most uh, companies will have their own policies in place as to what they will charge for a greater than a three-month supply. So one of the considerations is the stability of the medication when it leaves the pharmacy, and whether or not um, it makes more sense that it. Um, that we give the entire supply of the medication to the patient, right. or that we just, you know, keep it, that we have it at the pharmacy where we know that we can monitor conditions and whatnot. That's well, if the doctor prescribes 300, then they must have confidence that you're okay to have the 300.
1: Well, I don't think that the doctors really th- think of that. I mean, I know I have some things that the doctor gives me a year's worth yeah, yeah. but it's kind of up to the pharmacist how much they'll dispense at a time and yeah. some of that it yeah. some of that is regulated
2: i think it depends yeah. on
1: the medication
2: yeah so some of it, it like like i said third party plans have a huge part in the whole thought process behind why we give it out for three months the other part of it when we're looking at farm pharma, the pharmacist role and you know how we need to have and this is something that we advocate for all the time as pharmacists that we need to have touch points with the patient where we can figure out what's going on in their lives is, is something impacting their medications are there side effects that might be happening that we you know that we aren't you know be able to talk to the patient about because, you know, they fill the entire supply. Certainly, pharmacies do fill for a greater than 100-day supply. I've seen it done in the past. Right. And you can talk to your pharmacist about whether or not that's the best option for you. It's, I find it to be very drug-specific um, yeah. rather than um, patient-specific. It's it's usually, depending on the type of medication you're taking, there will be flexibility it's there. It's simply but. a water pill that I'm getting, so it's not a major medication. Yeah. So the thing, so, you know, again, talk to your pharmacist, but even with water pills or, you know, sm- small doses of blood pressure medications, there's always, there might be fluctuations and there that that's what the fee is for. It's our, the fee to, you know, to make sure you're doing okay, to check in. The professional fee is really there to, you know, for the, the pharmacist to do the, a proper clinical review on whether or not the medication is appropriate and, for you.
1: And, and Mary, yeah. uh, um, yeah. thanks for your call. And Mary, I would also, say that uh, if there's no you know chemical reason for that you can shop around and see if yeah. a different pharmacy will will do something different thanks for your call hi. okay let's go to lisa in toronto hi lisa hi good afternoon um i just turned 57 yesterday but
3: um, happy
2: birthday, birthday. <laughs> but in regards to uh, medication and um
3: drinking uh, I've had uh, a hysterectomy when I was 22, so I'm on estrogen. Is that Premarin? Is that a, any effect to
2: it? With um, alcohol, um, no. I don't. What? Um, any other medical?
3: No, no. I just take Premarin.
2: You just have. I don't a... even
3: taking medicine.
2: Okay. Yeah. No. I think that should be fine. Are you finding it's upsetting your stomach or anything no, no, like no. that? Because that is one of the um, interact, like one of the side effects that you will find with it. Um, no. mm.
3: Nope. No, nope. so at least that's, that's good to know because my sister lives in Detroit, and we always have a bottle of wine when we talk. When we talk on the phone, and nobody gets off the phone, so. Oh, online, so.
2: <laughs> Well, I mean that. That's not to say that, uh, uh, you know, the the recommended uh, alcohol intake is uh, what do you call it nine glasses a week for women, so it, it, nothing it, 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 over. <laughs> bottle. Isn't mm-hmm. uh, isn't there a
1: connection between estrogen and alcohol? Uh, I remember reading something about it, like alcohol. Creates. Es- I'm not sure.
2: Um, alcohol and well, you know what? Maybe we'll take the next question. And I'll maybe oh. something that I'll look into. Like, oh. yeah, let me just double check on that. Okay, uh, that was just something that you know, a
3: little
1: distant bell <laughs> yeah. was oh, really? was like, ringing. Well, okay, she
3: only calls once a week.
1: Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, we've got John in Kitchener. Hi, John.
3: Hi there. Uh, great, uh, great topic. And I was just wondering about. Um, the effects and and whether or not we should speak to our pharmacist when we're picking up a prescription on uh, any vitamin supplements we take. Uh, For instance, I take some Devil's Claw and I also take an Omega-3. And I'm wondering if if the pharmacist should be aware of that when I'm picking up a prescription and if alcohol affects any of those two uh, vitamin supplements.
2: Uh, well, you should definitely be talking to your pharmacist about all natural products and vitamins that you're taking. Um, it's it's really, a, and this goes into the whole concept of the pharmacist really knowing exactly which medications you're taking and being able to provide a succinct profile report to your um, physician about what you're on. So for example, some vitamins can thin the blood, some Herbal products, like, you know, things like St. John's Wurts and stuff like that, they act almost like antidepressants do in the body. So they have almost equal effects to that, um, which can, they have lots of interactions as well. So it's very, very important. Um, So what you would do is, you know, you would go to your pharmacist and we usually have interaction checkers that are for not only... um, not regular prescription products, but also for herbal products as well, and they can do a quick check to see if there's any interactions right now for what you're taking. And then later on they can also um, so they can see if there are any interactions now, and then anything you want to use in the future, make sure you keep them up to date on it.
1: Can you remind us what, what are the natural things that you're taking?
0: Oh,
3: what well, I'm taking right now, i was taking a devil's claw and then um, omega-3. Uh, pill or supplement. I take that once a day. Devil's claws, four pills, uh, three times a day.
2: Okay. And your your doctor knows about them, or
3: no? Actually, uh, well, my actually my eye doctor told me that I need to up my omega three intake, so uh, okay. I, I started taking this uh, omega three supplement uh, okay. based on what my eye doctor had told me. Okay. Um, the devil's claw. I ripped my rotator cuff about a year ago, and it, I've been taking physio and then and not healing. So my neighbor told me, and she's a nurse, but anyway, she just said uh, try try the the devil's claw, which I have, and okay. um, I'm yeah. not sure if it's if it's helping, but okay. you know, in, in line with the physio.
2: So yeah, they're like. Um it's hard to know without seeing the entire profile and that's sometimes, you know, the the challenge. When we don't have the entire profile, and that's why we say it's important to use one pharmacy as well so that they have all the information. It's kind of right. hard to know whether or not one thing would be appropriate versus another. Like, so certainly... Um, devil's claw just looking at it like there are you know check with your doctor if you have any kinds of heart problems high blood pressure ulcers Um, so think of natural health products even if it just gets recommended by a physician in passing that you always want to let your your pharmacist know because they'll they'll do the proper interaction check
3: okay thank you very much
2: okay thanks
1: john uh let's go to dennison oakville hi dennis hi Libby. how are you pretty good you have a question?
3: Hi. Yes, I do. Um, I take prescribed clonazepam. I take uh, 60 every four well, no every four weeks. I get 60. I take two at bedtime. I also take one allopurinol bedtime. And I, Molson's Light Beer, maybe only three or four or five. No more hard liquor. I've stopped it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Are you using the allopurinol for the gout? Yes okay uh and had no
3: attacks in nine years
2: nine. Oh, okay uh so then i guess it's working for you because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the uh, the the beers and stuff are known to actually increase the purine levels in your body so but i'm guessing what's happened in the past is that your dose has been stabilized based on the fact that you drink this much um, very aware of that. yeah is. exactly so then that should be fine um the clonazepam okay, yeah, the mm-hmm. clonazepam that you take at nighttime. Um, Always at
3: night. I take two.
2: Yeah. So as uh, long as you're not operating any heavy machinery or anything like oh, that. Oh, I'm yep. retired. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: I just yep. had a full physical. I, uh, the doctor can't believe my blood pressure was 120 over 80.
2: Oh, that's that good. Oh, wow. That's great.
3: On August the 12th. So yep. I'm a leader of the Lion King.
2: <laughs> okay. Great.
1: Okay. I'm
3: going to be a party. So, okay.
1: Thanks a lot.
3: I, lo- I love Zoomer. Okay, great. <laughs> Glad to hear that. What, what happened to him, anyway? Uh, what
1: what well, do you he mean? Tells us. Who are you referring to?
3: Well, your, pre- your previous, oh, guy that retired.
1: D- Dale. Well, yes, He's we dead? we, oh, we yeah. had a we had a big goodbye for him, and it was all over the website.
3: Oh, well, oh. I don't do that stuff. i am.
1: well. There you go. Don't, be, say do don't, don't say we didn't. Don't say we didn't tell anybody. My sons
3: do it. I don't
1: oh. do it. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot.
3: But I love Zoomer. Thank you. Great.
1: Bye-bye. Okay. We've got Mike in Mississauga. Hi, Mike. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Great.
3: Um, I would just like to ask the pharmacist one quick question. Yep. So for the last seven years, I've been on Percocets. I'm 62. I've got both knees replaced. I've had a triple bypass. Wow. I've I've got sciatica. Wow. And now I've got degenerated discs in my back. And I want to get off of these things now. I, I sh- try to stop those perks right away, and f- like for a couple nights, I have only tried it a couple nights. But at my legs and to feel like I've got bugs and everything, and the nerves are jumping. Okay. Is there anything I can? I'm. G- I got to get off these perks because it's. Yeah. They're, they're. Well, they Eventually, they'll kill you. But. Uh,
2: so is there something I can get? So have you, did you talk to your doctor or pharmacist about getting off the medications? Yeah. And, and they didn't, what did they say?
3: They said uh, Suboxone.
2: Okay. Yeah. So you can't, that's the thing with these medications is that you do need to be, there has to be a management plan in place. Um, okay. it, you, you can't just stop cold turkey, unfortunately, because there the body does have some um, dependency on the medication. So right. you will go through the withdrawal symptoms if you, you're not tapered off properly or switch to something um, that will help Mitigate these side of these withdrawal symptoms. So it's really, okay. really important to be very closely connected with both your pharmacist and physician during this transition time. Yeah,
1: and I think that generally what they do is they they taper you off. I know um, you know now. Knockwood, nine years ago I, I was on painkillers for cancer, and uh, when i was it was quite a lot at the worst part, and they just tapered me off, yep. and it was uh, no problem yes. it was over the over the period of a week or two, yep, so uh, oh. talk to your doctor and your pharmacist that's the way to do it yes yeah,
0: so. oh, oh, that's perfect.
1: thank you very much yep. okay,
2: thanks hey. for your call, Mike I just thank wanted to you. go. Back to the question about the estrogen and alcoholic beverages. So I'm looking up uh, some studies just to see what the research looks like out there. So initially when I did the check, I uh, did an interaction check, but now I'm looking at the... So you know how I said that sometimes it's based on physiology, not necessarily an actual interaction in the medication. So it seems like when you drink some alcoholic beverages, they exert estrogen-like effects in um, both animals and humans. So that would be a concern if you're at uh, high risk of any kinds of conditions that, you know, where high estrogen levels would be a problem. Yeah, I
1: think, um, you know, that's that's what one of the reasons. I mean, women uh, have lower uh, recommending drinking amounts, yeah, partly because yeah. we're smaller, but also partly because of the uh, yeah. estrogen factor. So,
2: yeah, that's a physiological uh, f- um, interaction, if you'll say, yeah.
1: Okay, uh, we're uh, just about
2: out of time. Just Jespreet, is there anything you'd like to leave us with on this? Um, So there's... um, I didn't get to talk about all the interactions. Again, like I said at the beginning, like, it's steady, Eddie. Like, you don't want to make any drastic changes. Um, Even from the callers we spoke to today, like, no drastic changes that usually doesn't end up good. Um, The one thing we didn't get to talk about was blood thinners and, you know, um, specifically warfarin. Um, We always talk about diet and stuff with that. Um, Usually... Um, maintain consistent diet don't increase the intake of green leafy vegetables just keep it very very consistent um, and most of the time the pharmacist can very easily identify what the interactions are going to be with food whether it be an absorption issue so pay attention to the auxiliary labels and also um, ask your pharmacist you know based on your diseases and stuff whether or not there's a problem.
1: Okay thank you so much to our trusted contributor Jaspreet Dollywall from the Ontario Pharmacists Association.